Join Town Pump's Pump It Up Rewards Plus program and never pay full price for fuel again. Save five cents on every gallon every day at any Town Pump across Montana. Plus, earn and redeem points on your favorite in-store items to get free stuff with our clubs. Stop in and pick up a rewards card. Download the Pump It Up Rewards Plus app today. Or visit townpump.com slash rewards to register and start saving. Well, Big Sky Breakdown, and now we are into the playoffs. Thanksgiving on the horizon, so maybe you're listening to this while you're enjoying your second or third or fourth plate of turkey. Uh, we have transitioned in my family to just a little bit of turkey and a big old prime rib. And, uh, it is pretty pretty good, pretty good on our end. Uh, I, I really like the transition. We're joined by Ty Gregorak, longtime uh, assistant coach throughout the Big Sky Conference, as well as now the uh, color commentator for the TV broadcast for Montana State football. Coach Ty, what's the, what's the Thanksgiving menu like at the Gregorak house? You know, it's funny you were just talking about that because uh, I'm a big prime rib guy myself. I, I, I like turkey. I don't love turkey. I, I'll, I'll be just fully transparent. So, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, we're packing up the car. We're going to head west. You know, my grandparents are still in Spokane. My my folks and some other family are on Coeur Lake now, and I don't know what I don't know what's on the docket this year. I really don't. We we always, uh, you know, when you get married and you start having kids, culture getting old, you got to divide and conquer and go visit certain families certain times. And so we're gonna go west for Thanksgiving and head east a couple days prior to Christmas. We're 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 a little bit. Uh, traditional and that we like to get our kids home and in their own bed uh and and do santa and stuff uh in our own house and and so we'll go to huntley and billings for a couple days and come back christmas eve and get them in their own beds and we the gregor acts will be serving prime rib and uh so as always long answer to a short question but i'm a prime rib guy too man that's all i'll say well, I think that uh, no matter what Montana State will be enjoying, they'll be enjoying it thoroughly because uh, they got a full-course meal and they handed it straight to the Grizzlies on Saturday. So I've talked about this already for hours as we record here on a Wednesday, done multiple podcasts and multiple radio shows. And uh, so I think people know what I have to say. What was your perspective from up in the TV booth for the 121st Brawl of the Wild? Uh, I, I said this coming out of halftime on the broadcast. I can't remember if I said surprised or shocked or both because I, I just, I don't know, man. I mean, when, when you figure in the last two times that the Grizz led by coach Bobby Houck have been to Bozeman, the score has been 103 to 35. That's the last two times they've come to Bozeman. So I, I, I just, I, I, I guess I had a lot – I held the Grizz defense in a lot higher regard myself. You know, and listen to Coach Houck, you know, talk about the plus-one run game on the perimeter. Do you know what that's called, Coulter? Some guy kicking some other guy's ass. That's like right. One-on-one zone block. I mean, no, I'm serious. It's, it's outside zone. It is, blo- it is, it is hat-on-hat. Brian Armstrong's offensive line whipping their front's offensive line. That's what it is and rub blocking up to that second level and, and trying to you know, get that, that front, you know, however you want to deem it in, in, in that style of defense, you know, we'll call it the front seven. I'm air quoting it, but I mean, I, I mean, it was, 
to take a page out of Bobby Howe. That was beat down Saturday, man. I mean, that, that's kind of what our our goal always was, was to just go curb stomp them and beat them you know, into a pulp. Well, that's what happened to the Grizz on Saturday. Well, I know that Montana, they, they run this, this defensive system. That's It's high pressure. It's unorthodox. Uh, I thought it was very interesting. Paul Wolf, the uh, longtime Big Sky coach who spent time as the head coach of Eastern Washington and has been back in the league lately, with first at Sacramento State, now at Cal Poly, he called it the triple option of, of defenses. And I don't think it's necessarily like that in premise, but it is in sort of originality. Like it's, you know, once a year when Cal Poly used to run the triple option, you had to prepare for this unique defense, and it was always a headache. But if you got it down, I mean, it, it led to, you know, pretty mediocre level of success. I'm not saying that it's uh, the Grizz are stuck in the mud like that, but it is an interesting parallel, an interesting analogy. That aside, it's also been very tried and true over the last several years that Montana's going to run their system, and that's it, and that personnel adjustments or schematic adjustments are not a part of the deal. And it, It's truly mystifying to me because I think that modern-day football, I think that Personnel packages are, are such a huge part of the deal because offenses can run so much. They can run I – mean, look at what Montana State does. They run like the same eight plays out of 9,000 different formations with 10 million different motions and 14 different guys that carry the ball. But that, all that said, I was just so taken aback that the Grizz decided to play a light at sometimes five-man and at the maximum six-man box – with five DBs on the field, a, a true nickel and a true rover against a team that's running too tight and a fullback and threw the ball eight times. <laughs> and then, I mean, they ran the ball 68 times, Ty, and they never played a nine-man box. How? it's It was crazy to watch. We, we were kind of putting bets, like, between me, Ben, and Marty up there, like, if and when they were actually going to attempt a throw. Uh, I mean, seriously, because it was just – the first 20 plays, you know, 20 minutes of the game or whatever, it's just ground, pound, ground, pound, you know. But but I'll say this, though, too, Coulter, and maybe you've talked about it. I I, I haven't got to tune into any of your uh, shows yet this week. I, I did read your article, which was excellent, the other day. But the, the, the Bobcats have won five out of six, correct? That's right, what, five what, out of six. What is, what is the rushing in the five wins? <laughs> what what are they averaging on the ground? Like 360 yards or something? It's it's insane. Yeah, I mean, I, I, uh, I think that the, the I'll tell you this. I don't know the exact average number, but I'll tell you this. The lowest amount of rushing yards that Montana State has had against Montana during those five wins was the 239 yards they had in the Miracle in Missoula game 2018 in okay. uh, at, at Washington Grizzly Stadium. 239 is the lowest, but they had, let's see, it's right off the top of my head. They had... The 358 in 2016, uh, 239 in uh, 2018. They rushed for 300 plus in 2017. Can't remember that exact number. And then yeah. you know the, yeah. the high water mark before on Saturday was 368. What they had in 2019, and uh, then on Saturday they go for 439. So yeah, I mean it is definitely well over 350, if not creeping up towards 375 or 400. So 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 Coulter, when you get 400 yards. Of, you know, when you get 400 yards of anything, but in particular, when you get 400 yards of passing on you, that's kind of embarrassing. When you get 400 plus on the ground against you, that's demoralizing. And that that was, I mean, you could just see it. I mean, it was, it, you know, 
you know, at the end of the third quarter, fourth quarter, Bobby's yelling at everybody to come up and get in their little powwow. They were done. They they were toast. It didn't matter if Lucas Johnson or Britt or whoever was at quarterback. They were done. And it was fascinating to watch, man. I don't, I don't know what else to say. You know, you've got me and Marty Morningwig up there, and we met, you know, we did our little preview thing in Butte. We went for two hours. You know, they cut, they chopped it up into four minutes and 30 seconds. But we went for two hours watching watching the Grizz and and and, and Cats O D S T, and you and I've talked about it all year. Like the Bobcats kind of know who they are, and when they try to, like like you almost see them trying to do certain stuff, and, and that's either against weak opponents that they're that they're just throttling, or they're trying to get a little something going against a good opponent, but it usually doesn't work out very good. I'm talking about play action, RPO, taking some, taking some deep shots or back, back shoulder shots. But when they're running inside and outside zone and mixing in a little power counter, which they don't even run as much as they used to, honestly, that's the stuff that used to, that's the stuff that diced the Grizz defense a few years ago. Now they're just running zone at them. And, you know, with, with, with uh, you know, with, with what touchdown Tommy can do with his, with his hips, legs, and feet, it's remarkable. When we talked about him in the open, I mean, he's just flat dynamic. And then you get a big, healthy Sean Chambers back. That one-two punch is incredible, man. And it's just, I don't know. I mean, it. I'll say this. I mean, I, I'll always give the Grizz uh, the advantage at home, uh, uh, you know, here in the playoffs. And I, I'll be in Coeur d'Alene. I told my mom, I don't care what we do that day, but I, I, I want to be watching ESPN2 at 7, 7 o'clock Pacific. But if they don't play dramatically better, they'll lose. They'll lose Saturday. Uh, yeah, Saturday night. They got to play better because that that was just bad. I mean, like, but like you talked about in the game, they they have when things are good, they are unstoppable. When things are bad, I mean, it's uh, it was just it was crazy to watch. I mean, it was crazy to watch them tackle and and the angles at which they were pursuing. I I, get, I gave a lot of love, like I always do, to Army's O line. But those guys were just running through tackles and outrunning defenders to, to, to you know, to at different angles and stuff. I mean, you watch the game. What'd you think? <laughs> I mean, I, it was, and then, and then your article, and I've seen a couple articles. It's just like, huh, what happened between the white lines is really just the icing on the cake. I mean, between, That's right. if you're just really evaluate, if you're just evaluating these two programs right now in these two towns and, Hey man, I love Missoula, Montana. You know that. I, I'll always love Missoula and, and hold it in high regard. But I don't know. The stars aligned for game day to come. It was a, it was a cold but clear, beautiful day. It, it looked and sounded like the game day dudes loved their experience here. And I don't know. I mean, it was it was a rocking till I mean till hours after the game. I mean, hours after the game, people are you know having having there was a band, there was you know tailgating going on. It was just a it's a great day to be a Bobcat, no doubt. And, and you know, if, if you're a Grizz, you're sitting there going, thank God we made the playoffs. Um, and, and, you know, honestly, when I started seeing some of those teams coming out at seven and fours and even a six, I'm like, the Grizz will make this. I mean, they'll, they'll get in. Ken Haslam's on the committee. You know you're going to get at least, you know, 15 grand probably on, on Thanksgiving weekend. Uh, been in the playoff system a long time, you know, with both schools. Once I started seeing seven and fours coming out, I knew Montana would, would get in myself. But in, in a lot of respects, they're lucky to get in too, just because of the way they, they played in, you know, essentially 
four out of their last five games, you know, in particular that last one, you know, when you're, you, you know, you know how it is when you watch the dang power five and they're like, well, who's hot right now? You know, who, who's, who, who's the best complete team? Well, as of right now, Montana doesn't look like that. So, so in my mind, I think they should have probably made it. I think they're still probably a little lucky they made it just the way they showed out in that last game against their arch rival. There's a lot of things that make Montana great, from the mountains and lakes to some of the finest towns in the West. But what really makes this place special is you. Our communities are full of people who are working hard to build good lives and remarkable things. At Opportunity Bank, our passion is helping folks do just that. Together, we can make a good thing even better. Opportunity Bank of Montana. Stop by and see us or visit us online. Member FDIC. Well, that's the thing, too, is is we can sit here and kill them, kill the coaching staff for their schematics and, la- and lack of schematic adjustments. Uh, and I think that part of that's fair, but I think that's a lot more broad of an analysis than it is specific within this game. When you're within this game and it's the 11th game of the year and you've run what you've run to this point, and largely, uh, at least defensively, it's been successful, I don't know how much you can change. But that's the dichotomy that Montana faced on Saturday. It's the dichotomy that they faced moving forward. Because on on one hand, I st- I still personally think that running a, a defense that's based off of smoke and mirrors and not personnel packages and adjustments is uh, bold at best and, and archaic at worst. But I also think that I mean Bobby Houck and Robbie Houck both said this in the post game press conference. They said. Today came down to us not getting off blocks, not being physical at the point of attack, and not tackling. To me, again, you can scrutinize all of the potential schematic adjustments that they could have made that they didn't. But I would be way more concerned of how the team that is the best at running to the football in the Big Sky Conference, maybe the United States of America, or at least was, the team that is, I mean, the defense has been built off of run to the football and tackle in the open field since Bobby Howe came back. The reason the defense has been great is because they run to the football and tackle in the open field. They didn't do any of that. They couldn't get off blocks. They weren't physical at the point of attack. And like you were saying, Ty, I mean, it was just it was just a manhandling. I mean, there, you watch those first four drives, there's just bodies laying all over the field. The Cats were just destroying them. And so then that harkens in a much bigger question is – was it uh, was it just an anomaly? Was it just a single game deal where the pressure of the rivalry and the pressure of Bobcat Stadium crushed the Grizz, or is there something more going on? Because to me, not only did the team get overwhelmed and dominated physically, they also just tapped out. I mean, they, they were they were over it. There was they, they the football had been beaten out of them uh, in the second half of that football game, and uh, so that's why you know, like you're saying, like they got to figure out a way to to get back on track. They got to play better on Saturday, else. This is going to be one of the craziest go-down-in-flames second halves of a season in the history of Grizz football. Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, you're, you're right. Uh, it, we're talking about a team that was once number two in the country and, and looked like, and truly looked like they couldn't be stopped. I got to watch. I, I watch as much of Montana as I can. And, you know, they're, they're, a, uh, they're a completely different outfit without Lucas Johnson. You know, but, but that being said, how complex is their offense really to defend? You know, I mean, you, you, I, I, I don't think Montana state, you know, I, it's, 
as I told Coach Morningwig in, in Butte, it's not a very extensive offense. I mean, their throwing game is, is not – there's not a lot of game planning in that, really. You know, it's just a matter of, you know, being able to stop their, their, their running attack. But I, I don't know, man. They, they got some – a little bit of soul-searching to do, I think, just in all three phases. I mean, it, it, we can't special, – special teams was a huge momentum with that snap over the kid's head. He doesn't, he doesn't boot it out of bounds. That's seven points. You know, they just capitalized off of a lot of errors, you know, and I, I mentioned earlier in the broadcast, you know, to, to take a, a, a phrase from Coach Bill McCartney, you know, to win, you must keep from losing. And they were, they, they were like trying to lose the game with offsides and mental errors and the tackling was poor and you're sitting there going, huh, well, two of the last time, two of the last three times that you, you know, you played this game, Scott shellac you know so but i mean what because it's a big crowd that's the craziest part though man is that i I was on the sidelines for about half the game the cats kicked their ass so bad it wasn't even loud in there in the second half because there everybody was just partying half the people were even like going in and out of the stadium and drinking because the game was over yeah i yeah and to even try to make comparisons to last year's game and be like well you know we Maybe we'll take a page out of the the beat down last year and make a playoff run. Sorry, little different scenario. I mean, they scored their last two touchdowns on essentially twos and threes. I mean, truly, when you when you're when you're watching Jory Choate missing wide open sacks and you know it's just a little little different in my mind. But I don't know. To me, to me, it's just a kind of a tale of the tape as to. I, I mean, it's easy to look at one game, but this isn't one game. <laughs> I'm just telling. You, I'm looking at the last half dozen years. This isn't one game. Like, like to me, watching Saturday is a culmination of what's been going on for a long time. And if people can't recognize that, then they're stupid because that's what's going on right now. I, I mean, whatever. I mean, it is what it is. But I, uh, I think Coach Vegan has done an unbelievable job. You know, the fact, the fact that Sac State will never get any love is just because, sadly, they're Sac State. But – I mean, what a job those guys have done. They just won every game again this year. I mean, how many games has he lost on the last three years? couple? Yeah, I mean, so, yeah, uh, I, mean, I think three total. Yeah, three total, one being a playoff – two or two playoff games and one conference game. Is that right? That's right. right. But, any, you know, it's just like things are different, man. This, this thing, things are different uh, in the big sky, and that that's been evident by – now, now listen. Let's let's give some credit to what Montana's done too. They you know they finished with double digit wins now. Uh, the, you know the last two years. Obviously, they'd have to make a hell of a run to accomplish that this year. Um, but I, I, again, I, I don't know. They're just to me to me to me. You look at a team like last year's Bobcat team was built to make a run. This year's team was not built to make a run. They're they're just being coached. And, and playing to make a run, the, the way these guys talk and act. I mean, you, you sit and you listen to Tommy Malata at the end of that game. Are you just sitting there going, this is the future? This is the future of Montana State football. Him telling him, – him expressing to Bobcat fans to don't be, not be stupid because you had nothing to do with that game. Treat, treat them with respect because they're the ones that just played. Go enjoy yourselves, but treat them with respect. I mean, the, guy, the guy's a man amongst boys. And that's who's leading this outfit for the next two years, you know. Start, and it starts with Coach Vegan and his staff and the job he's done. So, anyway, 
what else do you want to talk about? Well, last last question here before I just want to ask you a couple of broad Big Sky questions. But last question on this game, then. You know, so often, because the Grizz are the Grizz and they've had such an unbelievable run of success and they've always consistently been so good, but also because Bobby Houck, he does bring so much. He's such a villain, and so he does bring so much uh, scrutiny and animosity and all that sort of stuff. Um, but let's talk about the cat side of things just for a minute. What is the upward potential uh, of this Montana State team? I mean, I think no one thought they were going to be as good as they were last year except Brent Vegan. He's told everybody in the world that they're better than they were a year ago. Nobody believed him until all of a sudden there ain't no in Big Sky Conference play. They got conference championship for the first time in 10 years, and uh, they got a top seed in the playoffs. So what's the uh, what's the ceiling of this Bobcat team going in the playoffs? I, I, they, they did everything uh, correctly to get to where they are. Some would say they should have even been one, been one seed higher. And, and, and I don't know what your opinion on that is either, but whatever. Um, they, they get this week off, which is such a – you know, you get that first round by man. Oof, I mean, that, that is huge. It is huge. Now, I'll say this, though. I still believe Weaver State's a damn good football team. And – you never know, you know. I think I think in some ways they got lucky to get that home game against North Dakota. Not not lucky. They're they're still a nine and two outfit with with losses to Montana State and Sac State. But just in, in having had to do this multiple times throughout my career in the Big Sky, it is tough. It is tough to beat a team twice in the same season, and then you go back to that Weber State game, which isn't as long as long ago as you think. You know, think about that game, a kickoff return for a touchdown, a punt return, return for a touchdown, a block field goal, uh, and, oh, by the way, a, a football record of four snaps over the kid's head to equal four safeties and eight points, and they won by five, Montana State, that is. Now, they still rushed the ball for 347 yards and, and just dominated the front like they did against Montana. So I think, personally, if they can get out of the – I, I'm, I'm assuming it's Weber State. Who knows? North, I know North Dakota's a good football team, too. But that, second, that, that Weber State game should be one hell of a matchup. If they can get by Weber in that, in that second round, I, li- I, li- I like them to make another run. I really do. But they got, you know, we'll, see, we'll see what happens here in a couple weeks. Blackfoot Communications continues to lift up our local entrepreneurs, delivering the resources needed to transform ideas into businesses. Our C2M beta program was founded with the mission to connect local entrepreneurs to more. With access to more professional expertise, more state-of-the-art technology, and more development resources, our 12-week program delivers the foundational and modern skills required to transform influential ideas into thriving businesses. Apply today at goblackfoot.com slash apply. Ty Gregor Ack here on the Big Sky Breakdown. Okay, quickly, we were mentioning Sac State doesn't get any respect. Well, as we are sitting here recording on Wednesday morning, Sac State sweeps the uh, big awards in the Big Sky Conference. Cameron Scadaboo, the running back, is the Offensive Player of the Year in the league. Mate Mapu, who is their uh, sort of stud rover safety linebacker, they move him all over the place. He's the defensive MVP. And then co-coach of the year goes to Troy Taylor of Sac State and Brent Vegan of Montana State. So Sac State... Finally, getting a little bit of respect. I guess that's what happens when you run the table two years in a row in the league. Well, and yeah, it's good for them. They deserve it, you know. And 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 honestly, I'm not a big, you know, co award winner, but I think those two head coaches do deserve it. And if you had to go, 
you know, if you had to go co co co, uh, the job Jason Eck did at Idaho is uh, unbelievable. I personally, I, I'm a I'm a firm believer in winning, and, and the teams that win should be recognized with those with those all league performances and and, and the coaches. Uh, Brent Vegan has lost four games in his first two years, two of which were to power powerful or well Oregon State and Wyoming, and one in a national championship and one in the rivalry. Troy Taylor's lost what three games in three years? Two two playoff games and a conference game. I think they might have dropped a non-conference to Northern Iowa somewhere in there too. But yes, a, a very. I okay. mean, they've gone. Right. They they are what added up twenty three and one in Big Sky Conference play under Coach Taylor. Dang, I mean that, that that's pushing our run there in the uh, late two thousands where we lost one conference game in four years. Do you remember that six seven thirty one and one for Bobby Howe with, between two thousand six and two thousand nine? Yes. yes. Yes, we we lost to Weber State, and then we got we got like I was talking about earlier, we got the uh, the privilege of bringing them up to our place in the playoffs. And I distinctly remember guys like Caleb McSurdy and others just murdering people for sixty minutes because they were so pissed about the way we played uh, earlier that season in a cold, crappy day in Ogden. But yeah, man, those, those guys deserve it. Scadaboo's a hell of a player. I, I I watched Sac State as well, just with with. Uh, you know, Anthony Thompson, Craig Paulson, and those guys on that staff, and I support them always. Um, they deserve the recognition. They absolutely do. Sac State just won another conference championship. Stack, Sac, Sacramento State is the number two seed in the country. Like, what do we – like, you talk, you talk about are, are things the same, different, uh, you know, what, what have you in the big sky? Sacramento State has now won it multiple years in a row in a high, a high seed. You know, so Idaho, Idaho's back in the, in the fold, which only makes the conference even better. It's awesome. UC Davis is competitive. Both Montana schools are competitive. Uh, you know, it's just that lower half of the league. It'll be interesting to see, you know, now that, now that UNC's already made a move, you know, Portland State, where do they go with football and life? And are they going to continue to, you know, put these coaches, players, and fans through the misery of playing at Hillsborough. And I don't know, man. It, it, I think it's great for the big sky that they got another five teams in. You know, when you're getting five teams in back-to-back in the playoffs, you know the conference as a whole is pretty strong. Um, but now it'll be interesting to see how those teams do and just how strong the league is. Montana's at home. Get Montana at home in the playoffs. I always love the chances. Idaho's got to go on the road, which in itself is kind of funky. They finished with the exact same record. I mean, well, welcome to the FCS playoffs, right? Montana and Idaho finished with seven and four records. One gets a home game, one's got to travel. And the team that has got to travel is the one that beat the other seven and four. So, uh, you know, obviously Montana State and Sac State get the week off. And then, uh, whom, oh, Weber. Yeah, Weber, again, Weber at home. I love their chances, and I, I, I truly believe they'll be coming to Bozeman here in, in the next, uh, you know, 10, 11 days. So we shall see, brother. We shall see indeed. Ty Gregorak here on the Big Sky Breakdown. Happy Thanksgiving, man. Thanks for being here, and uh, we'll catch up with you next week. But enjoy the time with the family. Coulter, I always appreciate you having me. Happy Thanksgiving to you. And Are you staying in Missoula? Are you coming to Bozeman? What are you doing? Uh, we're going, just rolling in Missoula, man. Just going to go to mom's house. Uh, we have finally reached the point in our lives where the kids get the cooking duties. So mom's going to put her feet ah. up, and uh, we're going to cook her some Thanksgiving dinner. Love it. Well, enjoy 
happy Thanksgiving, man. Uh, appreciate you. And we will probably visit next week, I would imagine. Bob's we'll talk great. to you then. <laughs> Thanks, Coulter. See you, man. Part of the glory of building a business comes from leaving a legacy to ensure your business continues thriving into the future. Have you asked yourself lately, what is your plan? Forming a personalized business succession plan is essential to know the passion you put into your business will carry on. Nick Tabor at Westpac Wealth is here to help you navigate all your business succession and retirement planning needs. Give Nick a call at 728-6699 and keep the spirit of possibility vibrant while making your future more tax efficient with a personalized business succession and retirement plan for you.